0: Hello and welcome to Small Biz Pod on Thursday the 7th of April. I'm Alex Bellinger and I'll be guiding you through this week's show. Um, It's the first of what will be several regular themed shows. Uh, This week we're going to be concentrating on franchising... For all of you out there that, that want the, the buzz of running your own business uh, without the risks of uh, an untested idea. Uh, interviews with Brian Smart, Director General of the British Franchise Association, and Andy Cook, Franchise Sales Manager at uh, Domino's Pizza, and one of their franchisees, uh, Jim all, coming up later in the show. Uh, we've also got the usual roundup of small business news for the week. But first, I really wanted to say a big thank you uh, this week to a couple of UK podcasters. A rare, but hopefully growing breed of of podcasters. Um, First, many thanks to Paul Nichols for his enthusiasm about Smallbiz Pod uh, and for mentioning our show on on his podcast at uh, podcastpaul.com, which is a, a great combination of 80s music and anecdotes from Paul a lawyer with a, a very mellifluous Birmingham accent, also uh, a big thank you to Richard Vobes. Uh, some of you may have heard richard 's show which is which is quite extraordinary um, i think um, but but fantastically entertaining. Um, richard phoned me yesterday uh, and was full of encouragement and, and it was very interesting to hear his thoughts on uh, the u k podcasting scene. Uh, richard and his charming daughter, Georgie, have one of the most as I said extraordinary and original and I guess very English podcasts you're ever likely to hear uh, so he's currently featured on the podcast alley site so I'd, I'd encourage you to check him out because uh, it's well worth a listen so thanks to both of you for your feedback uh, as I say I, discovering some, some UK podcasts this week has been very very refreshing and it's been great to, to hear from the guys and to hear them encouraging us here at Small Biz Pod so thank you both very much And now on to our theme for this week, which is franchising. If you're thinking of uh, setting up in business but don't have that killer idea that's going to get you started, then uh, franchising could be for you. Uh, From Domino's pizzas or KFC through to children's music groups, gardening services uh, or even office hygiene suppliers, there's a huge range of opportunities out there. Uh, and it's not without its financial attractions. According to figures from NatWest and the uh, British Franchise Association, franchising in the UK is now worth £9.2 billion. Pounds. Uh, but how do you choose the right one, uh, and what do you need to do before signing on the dotted line of a, of a franchise agreement? Well, to hi- help us guide us through some of these issues, um, I'm delighted to welcome to smallbizpod today uh, Brian Smart, who's Director General of the British Franchise Association. Uh, Welcome. Thank you. Um, Let's just cover some initial ground by asking, what are the advantages of of running a franchise over, over starting your own business from scratch?
1: You're starting with a proven business format. There is, if it's a proper franchise, there is already an existing business working in exactly the way that you will be working and a business format which does deliver profit from real sales to customers. This isn't just an idea, it's not just a brochure, it's a working business which you're uh, going to be licensed to replicate uh, in a similar market area.
0: Does that mean that um, franchisees are are bound to follow a set formula or is there some, some leeway for their own entrepreneurial talent?
1: The basic business formula is what the franchisee is buying into and the reason why they should be buying into it in the first place. That's why franchisors will not be looking for high-flying, entrepreneurial, uh, reinvent-the-wheel, build-the-world-all-over-again kinds of people. They're looking for people who are enterprising but not necessarily entrepreneurial, people who who do want to do uh, something uh, for themselves but not not their own thing. They want to do somebody else's thing because they know it's going to work. Uh, That doesn't mean to say, of course, that there's a guarantee because they still have to get up in the morning. They still have to be prepared to follow the system and they still have to put in every bit as much hard work as it would ordinarily be to start a business from scratch. The difference is that they know they've got the basic format right. And I have to say, that when you start your own business from scratch using your own ideas, you almost always get it wrong.
0: yeah, I think statistics show that something like one in ten only one in ten franchises fail, which is very much lower than uh the s- traditional figures that are quoted for for small business failures
1: oh uh, eight out of ten conventional business startups fail uh, as good as better than uh, nine out of ten franchisees succeed, and that's a, a, a very big difference in the story. On the other hand, uh, you are doing somebody else's thing, not your own, and you will pay for the privilege uh, of getting the opportunity to run a business system using somebody else's brand and somebody else's system.
0: Yeah, which brings me on to uh, money. Isn't it always the, the franchisor who, who ends up making the big bucks, and uh, can the franchisee expect to make a lot of money from franchising?
1: It should be both, Uh, and if it's not both, then the thing is not going to survive in the long term. There is here a, a basic structural difference between some kinds of business opportunity, and they will sometimes call themselves franchises too, and what we would regard as a proper business format franchise. In a proper business format franchise, The franchisor won't make any great money from the initial uh, provision of the business format and getting the franchisee up and running. They'll make their real profit from uh, from a share of the business that the franchisee does downstream with customers once they're up and running. Now, in this kind of structure, the franchisor has got no real profit interest in recruiting the franchisee and setting them up. Their profit interest comes from the business that the franchisee does once they're up and running. That means that the franchisor has no possible motive for recruiting people who are going to fail. Their only interest is in recruiting people who are going to succeed. And that's exactly the structure you should look for in a proper business format. Uh, If you're being offered a business where uh, the so-called franchisor is going to make big bucks on the sale, then they're not going to have a real interest in whether you sink or swim. Indeed, indeed, they might have an interest in trying to make sure people do sink so they can resell the opportunity all over again.
0: Mm, I mean, I guess you're looking for a franchise that is has clearly got mutual benefits. So the harder you work, the harder it benefit, benefits the, the franchisor, and, and the harder the franchisor markets... Uh, the business and and, and sells the business, the the greater the benefit for the franchisee. It's that mutual relationship that's important isn't it?
1: Exactly so and it's not actually all that difficult to tell the difference between uh, a business which hasn't been properly structured for franchising and one that has. You do need to do a bit of homework though. It's not difficult to do and there are all sorts of opportunities for for getting into the whole business of finding out what franchising can offer. Uh, so it is a, a, a very suitable opportunity for an awful lot of people, providing they do their homework properly, and that isn't all that hard to do.
0: So if you were to give three tips to somebody thinking about franchising, I, I appreciate there's a lot more to it than just three tips, but what would your top three yeah. points be?
1: Don't take the first franchise opportunity that comes your way and you think that suits the cut of your jib. There's a lot more to it than that. You've got to look at the alternatives, number one. Number two, take all the advice from all of the sources that you can. Uh, come on one of uh, my franchise associations' one-day programs. Uh, go and talk to your own bank. Uh, a, a, a good clearing bank will have a franchise unit. They'll offer you advice on what, on what to look for. At the right time, you'll need to take the advice of a proper franchise lawyer uh, who knows what they're talking about in the franchise area. Uh, Put the investment in in terms of your time uh, and your money to make sure that you're making the right choice in the first place, number two. Number three, be prepared for this being extremely hard work. The the first year of any business startup is, if I said crucifyingly difficult, I'd be, be exaggerating. Hundreds of people make this succeed every year, uh, but it, it's not it's not a doddle. Buying a franchising uh, doesn't guarantee you success. It gives you the opportunity to build a successful business if you put the effort in, and recognise that.
0: Okay, good. Um, that's very much some advice for franchisees. Uh, clearly there will be people who have set up their own business that, that is, has grown to an extent where they may be considering fran- becoming a franchisor. Uh, yeah. I guess the British Franchise Association is has, has two constituencies, the franchisees and the franchisors. Very much, um, yeah. What advice would you give to someone that, that thinks they've got a, a good business concept and, and wants to franchise it?
1: The first thing is often to, to come and talk to us again. Come on one of our our programmes for prospective franchisees. Uh, you will not get proper advice on setting up a franchise from your conventional marketing consultant or the lawyer who does your property conveyancing. Uh, you need to make sure you've got access to good professional franchising expertise. It's not. Uh, it is a, a proper professional. Uh, skilled enterprise to set a business up for franchising. It's not a quick thing to do, and it does require uh, some investment in infrastructure. You need to be properly prepared for that. Uh, You can't expect huge and rapid growth right from the beginning. Uh, You build the business slowly to begin with until you've got the structure right and can then go uh, for probably for a faster growth than you could otherwise secure through conventional business growth routes. Uh, The the answer for for us is this needs to be done properly if it's to be done at all. And being done properly in the first instance means getting hold of the right advice.
0: Okay. Finally, how do you see the future of franchising in the UK developing?
1: Oh, extremely healthily. Uh, I think that there are more and more businesses of, of considerable substance with big brands who recognize that if they're going to compete in the marketplace, they've got to get real energy, real enthusiasm, real commitment in front of the customer. It's very difficult to do that in in most business situations with ordinary employed staff. It is much more powerful to put people who own a share of the business in front of the customer because they have a real commitment to delivering good service. Uh, so there are a, 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 a big range of big businesses who are looking to see how franchising might fit into their current business models. There are also really some, some very big names in it, of course, uh, including some of the big petroleum companies who use franchising for the retail stores yeah. uh, on their own sites. Yeah. Uh, secondly, I think there'll be a, a very considerable growth in some of those areas where uh, the government, for one reason or another, are unable to provide all of the services which an increasingly uh, affluent population need. And I'm thinking here particularly in the case of care services for the young and the elderly. Uh, this is not just about health care either. It's about uh, schools to teach children music. Uh, It's about uh, uh, clubs that operate in all sorts of areas to provide services to young people. And at the other end of the spectrum, care services uh, and club services to elderly people. These are certainly going to be growth areas.
0: Okay. Um, Interesting stuff. Thank you uh, very much, Brian Smart from the British Franchise Association. Um, That's been very helpful. Pleasure. Pleasure. Now, before we move on to uh, a chat with a a real franchisor and indeed a real franchisee to get a view of their experiences, uh, let's just have a round-up of some uh, small business news this week. Are you really passionate about your business? Well, that's the question asked in an interesting article in Business Week Online this week by Carmine Gallo, uh, who's looking at what marks out. Uh, successful entrepreneurs and successful businesses and she claims it's being passionate for their business concept Um, there's some interesting advice from the likes of Howard Schultz who's chairman of Starbucks Carmen also makes a a very good point that if your passion is simply to make lots of money then really you're gonna have to dig deeper than that Um, if you're looking to really develop what uh, Carmen calls an emotional rapport with customers, suppliers, investors, or indeed the media, then you're going to need to be passionate about the intrinsic elements of your business, something that you you really enjoy and and you really believe in. Uh, Otherwise, it's just not going to come across terribly well. Scotsman uh, reported on Tuesday that Scottish Enterprise, the body aimed at promoting Scottish business, is going to be focusing its efforts more on medium-sized enterprises. Uh, this decision made in order to help raise Scotland's uh, business profile across the globe. The former Private Business, on the other hand, is looking at the British coastline. Uh, apparently, small businesses in the seaside areas of the UK Uh, suffer greatly during the summer months when drunken yobs go on the rampage. Uh, I've been on holiday to the British coast for some time, so I can't vouch for this, but uh, Nick Goulding, chief exec of the Forum of Private Business, uh, is actually calling for a greater number of anti-social behaviour orders, that's ASBOs to use the acronym, uh, to be issued to uh, young people causing trouble in seaside towns in Britain over the summer months. Uh, this in order to protect Britain's seaside small business community. And finally, I guess the, the big political news is that Tony Blair has finally announced that the election uh, will take place in the UK on the 5th of May. Uh, a much anticipated announcement, but keep your ear out for Small biz pod, small business election coverage over the coming weeks. That just about wraps up the news for this week, so let's move on and talk to our franchisee and franchisor to continue the theme of the show this week. So what does it take to run a successful franchise and how do the big names in the game uh, look after their franchisees? Uh, one of the most successful franchises of recent years has been Domino's Pizza. Um, Since it opened its first store in the UK in 1985, uh, it now has around 350 stores uh, across the whole of the UK uh, and according to its latest preliminary results made pre-tax profits of around 8.8 million in 2004 so clearly doing very well for itself. Um, The fast food sector though is notoriously competitive so How has Domino's kept its edge? Uh, How does it attract entrepreneurs to join its ranks and and buy a franchise from them rather than one of their competitors like McDonald's or KFC or Pizza Hut? Uh, To shed some light on this topic, I have with me today Andy Cook, who is Franchise Sales Manager at Domino's. Andy, what's made Domino's such a great success in the franchising arena? Uh,
2: Well, franchising has grown at a rapid rate over the last 20 years. I think more and more people are recognising it as the potential... Uh, for their own business, so people bring their own skills, but they're looking for a proven format to set up a new business. Uh, and I think the last figure I saw for the franchise industry is, is worth about 10 billion, uh, almost double the size it was back in the 1980s. And I think if you put that sort of background with a great product, a great business which is proven, tested. And has a good franchise community already, then the success is not only seen but is tangible. Uh, and one of the pleasures of franchising is, of course, people coming into the system and not on their own. They can talk to existing franchisees. So they'll listen to a person like myself, who obviously is employed by the company. But it's not just me saying it, it's the people who are already within the franchise. And I think that gives people a big comfort zone in terms of going into a new business.
0: Yeah, I mean, clearly, if you're, if you're setting up from scratch, sometimes it can be uh, difficult to find the right people to talk to. But as you say, a, a franchising concept, you have a, a whole host of hopefully happy franchisees who can talk you through some hints and tips and provide advice, uh, as, along with, with what I guess you'd get from, from centrally from, from Domino's themselves in this case so how do you actually support your franchisees
2: well there's a whole process you've got to go through to start with to become a franchisee and I think that's, that's certainly the first element in it uh, because anyone that joins us has to go through store practice providing business plans and we can help them with all that and cash flow forecasts and I, I certainly think that working in a domino's well it's essential there's no other way of approaching it you've got to absolutely love the product and the service Uh, And what you do then is build on that initial support, and everyone has to go through a three-week franchise development program before they can open their own store. And that's very intensive, of course. And there's other things that we do allied to that. And I've mentioned one already, which is talking to franchisees. But another one, for example, and we we can't always do it, but we like to do it, is that new people attend a new store opening. There's nothing that I can do that prepares you for opening a Domino's Uh, you can talk all you want, you can do all the practice that you want until you actually see it happen. And if you see that at someone else's, it's a bit extreme to say expense, but someone else going through that process, it's an eye-opener, and it certainly helps you when you go through it. And there's then all sorts of other stuff. I mean, you do pay fees for being part of a franchise culture, and you quite rightly expect things back. And there's a whole rook of people at head office that can help you once you're in your business. Everything from marketing through to training the staff.
0: Okay. It is quite expensive to, to get into franchising. I, I think it costs around 250 grand to buy a Domino's franchise. Yep. Um, how long does it take to recoup that kind of investment?
2: Well, it certainly depends on how you're investing it. Uh, if you had the cash to pay for it, we say you would get your investment back in three years. I like to say to people, because it's a 10-year agreement, and a lot of people like football, it's, it's like a game of two halves, look at five years as you return on investment, and to have earned a reasonable living in between, and then your second five years is all yours. But it very much depends on how you're funded in going into the store.
0: Because there are one or two Domino's franchisee millionaires, aren't there?
2: I have. I think someone recently worked out we created 20 uh, since we started, one for every year.
0: So are they all selling themselves in Ibiza, or are they still working for you?
2: No, that's one of the pleasures of Domino's. They're still all there. And uh, don't get me wrong, their lifestyle changes, obviously, as they uh, take more stores and uh, the money comes in. But again, these people are committed, so you will still find them in stores on Friday, Saturday nights, uh, albeit they might be delivering pizza in an S-Class Merc uh, or a Ferrari, but <laughs> okay. uh, that gets the customers going. Uh, but no, they are still very hands-on in the business. And yes, I mean, the lifestyle changes, but that's what makes a good They're Passionate about it still.
0: Absolutely. Well, I look forward to uh, receiving my next pizza delivered in a Ferrari. <laughs> okay. oh,
2: it, it still might be a moment, don't get me wrong.
0: Okay, okay. Um, so what is... It's a very, as I said in the in the intro, the uh, fast food sector is incredibly competitive. Yeah. Um, and we've seen over time uh, McDonald's go through quite a big slump and, and quite uh, looking like they they misjudged the market to to a certain extent, going through some hard times. What do you guys, uh, at head office, do to make sure that uh, you don't follow suit and and, and run through a, a difficult patch like that? How are you? Uh, facing the increasing competition that there is in the fast food market these days?
2: Well, the easy answer is we never be complacent, because although yep. you might be number one, everyone else is after that spot. Uh, there's several things to it. One is being aware what's what's about to happen and what's going on in terms of fashion trends and debates about this, that and the other. Uh, never to rest on your laurels. And one of the things that I say to people, this is a very personal view, is that we are not fast food Uh, the vast majority of of the product that we sell is fresh. It's a fresh dough ball and most of the stuff that goes on it is fresh. And even if you went into a very quiet Domino's, the quickest you could get a a Domino's pizza is probably about eight minutes because it's six and a half minutes through the oven. So nothing is cooked pre-hand. We don't use oil. We don't use pans. We use uh, gas uh, ovens uh, and it goes through on a, a wire mesh. Uh, So I think our product alone stands us in good stead. Uh, And we're bullish enough to publish all our nutritional values on the Internet. And I think if people eat reasonably, and and my family adored Domino's long before I joined the organization, uh, I do feel a little bit for uh, McDonald's. If some guy goes out and eats McDonald's meals three months every meal in a row, I think you're bound to have medical problems. (laughs) Uh, But they certainly seem to be aiming for them.
0: God bless them. So... uh... Domino's pizzas is that Domino's pizzas are the healthy option, are they?
2: I, I mean, that's, I think that's going a bit too far. But I think Domino's eaten in the right quantities, and there's tons of choice on the menu. Uh, you can have a reduced-fat mozzarella. You can go for vegetarian. Uh, you don't have to pack it with everything. And I think with the starters and the sweets, you know, you, you can order a reasonable meal. And I think if you eat sensibly with anything, then it's good for you.
0: Um, so we've heard from the boss. Now, what about the views of an ordinary franchisee? Um, Jim Dove runs Domino's franchises in Birmingham West and West Bromwich. Uh, Jim, welcome to the show. Hi. Um, thanks for joining us. I know you're, you're, you've got a busy day today. Um, why did you decide to to, to buy into a franchise? Um, I was
3: working with Domino's anyway. Um, I started as a Training manager and worked up to, to store manager um, and sort of fantastic opportunity to um, buy my own business and buy into um, a brand that I believe is going places. Really,
0: yeah. I mean, it's clearly it, it clearly done very well over the last few years, um, but it does cost quite a bit to, to, to buy into a franchise. Um, how did you raise the money?
3: Um, I. The, the, the same as most people who have their own business, you know, remortgaged my house, um, you know, sold my car, you know, gone through some hardships of buying into my own business. Um, I'm slightly different than the normal franchisees. I'm actually uh, doing venture with the company. Um, so obviously I didn't have to go through all the banks and all that, you know, the, the company of um, finance, the rest of it, obviously through my work and over the over many years. Um, a standard franchisee would obviously, um, you know, go to the bank, and obviously Domino's works for, for other banks. For, for me, to buy him at a company, it was a, it was a better option because I ended up with more stores um, you know, for, for my money rather than one store, really.
0: Uh, and you're not yet one of the famous Domino's millionaire franchisees? No, though, not I quite. I,
3: wouldn't, um, <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, I'd be, wouldn't be on my way to work now. I'd be sent home um, paying my money if I, would, okay. um, if I was a <laughs> famous Domino's millionaire, that's for sure.
0: Well, as as dedicated as I'm sure you are to Domino's, I'm glad to hear that if you did make a million, you'd uh, you'd be thinking of doing other things. But anyway, um, more seriously, how how does Domino's actually support you?
3: Um, we get we get great we get great support uh, um, for obviously the the brand, the brand awareness. Um, you're supported from every moment, from when you you know you, you first take the keys to your store, that you know all the products are sourced, you know, all the um, ingredients all come from our commerce through our head office. You don't have to, you know, outsource stuff like that. There's support from when you open up, you know, you have team members that, you know, come in and help open your shop for you right the way through to continuous support where we have people coming out and evaluate the store. Um, and all the people at head office pulling all the resources together to, um, to keep pushing brand forward, really.
0: Okay, great. Um, and is there room for a little bit of entrepreneurial spirit amongst franchisees at Domino's or is it all pretty much laid out as a, as a, as a set formula that you have to stick to?
3: No, definitely. Um, you know, you, same as any business, uh, you, can, uh, you get good franchisees and not so good franchisees and people that push the business forward and you know, people that just you know, kind of sit in the hands and don't really do a lot. So um, in terms of entrepreneurial spirit, yes, most definitely. You know, the, the people who've done well tend to be the ones that put the most effort in, the same as any, any person that runs their own business.
0: Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much for your time, Jim. That's great. Lovely. Take care. Well, that just about wraps it up for today. Uh, I'm always delighted to receive any comments or or feedback from you uh, with suggestions on how to improve the show or possible guests to include or or maybe even some themes that you would like covered in future editions. So please contact us via the website at www.smallbizpod.co.uk. Uh, Other than that, uh, I'm uh, not going to be around next week. I'm off on a week's holiday to Spain. So the next Small Pod will be two weeks today, which uh, I hope you'll look forward to. Uh, We've got a great show lined up, uh, including a feature on blogging. Uh, Should small businesses be blogging? Is it any good for them? What is it for? Uh, I'm hoping that we'll have a, a bit of a celebrity small business blogger. Uh, on the show uh, and also uh, definitely lined up we have Adriana Cronin Lukash who runs the big blog company which advises businesses that are looking to uh, get online and start blogging. well uh, I'm literally recording this about 45 minutes before I have to leave to get on a plane to Spain so I've not really had any time to choose any music this week so uh, the good news is I haven't selected anything Uh, The bad news is uh, I've got one of my own tunes to play, play you, so I hope you enjoy this. It's called Golden Grove, and it's inspired by a poem of the same name from Gerard Manley Hopkins.